the distant future. CERN learned that the legend of Wormwood was true and that humans cannot live safely on planet Earth. An international team of space explorers is loaded on a first ever AI, artificial intelligence, operated starship under the Artificial Limitless Intelligence System. The starship in its multi-century voyage to a distant moon and transporting the people on board in its 20th year, a hibernation pod opens prematurely and the one person that awakes, Lieutenant Commander Braxton Northfield, saves the ship. But the bigger question was who woke up? That would be the Artificial Limitless Intelligence System, or Alice, as she calls herself. Get your copy of David K. Montoya's emotionally charged chapbook, Alice, a science fiction love story, at www.mythmart.com or wherever books are sold. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 254 of the World of Myth Bits. Greetings, everyone. Hopefully you are well, uh, that your Christmas celebrations are in full swing and that you are madly getting ready to see in the new year and uh, welcoming 2024 with gladness. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, for me and my family at this time, seems to be three times unlucky. This is the third Christmas, I believe, where at least one of us has had COVID. Uh, and in this case, it's my wife and I uh, are isolating in the countdown, the, the lead up to, uh, to the big day where we're supposed to be catching up with friends and family. So uh, we will have to very much wait and see what's going to happen there. Uh, I thought that I would look back this episode. Um, There's another site, another um, writer's support group or company that that I am a part of that has done a 2023 review. Uh, And it's very interesting to see just how many titles, how many anthologies, how many um, different Books. And I mean, I'm incredibly grateful to um, uh, Dark Myth Publishing for um, for the 2023 publications of uh, The Neighbour and of Myrtle Norton's Guide to World Domination, both available on uh, MythMart.com, but also the the other titles like the other anthologies that uh, that I've had um, had stories included in poetry uh, short stories uh, it's it's been a good year uh, and to be absolutely honest uh, I cannot believe that I did not include all of the amazing magazines uh, be they the um, the online, magazines or the new PDF version of the World of Myth magazine that's uh, that's come out 
since September this year. So through to bits to uh, to have stories and poetry and uh, and all ev- everything that um, in- included, uh, and of course the um, the December edition of the magazine that's uh, that's just come out now. Fingers crossed. Uh, at the time of me recording this, uh, it's not live yet, but I'm uh, I'm sure that uh, that Dave and the elves and Looper and the gremlins are uh, are mad at work, in amongst all the other chaos that's uh, that's going on. Um, actually, I probably should have checked with Dave, uh, our uh, our president and CEO, to find out if it is um, a December magazine coming out or if it's going to be a December January um, combined one that's uh, that was my fault Dave I'm sorry and I'm sorry if I've popped you on the spot in uh, in this crazy crazy time that is the prelude to Christmas um, yes so what I thought I would do uh, looking back on what I've been able to publish over 2023 uh what i thought that i would actually do is i would uh take a cheeky look at um christmas pieces that i've submitted to the world of myth uh over the years and i've looked back to um a couple of the magazines the december magazine 2020 2021 and 2022 i've got pieces in uh and i've also um reached out to my niece uh Miss Tilly, to uh, to see if she's happy for me to share her Christmas poem that uh, that she wrote, and I believe that got included in magazine number one hundred and fourteen for December twenty twenty two. So uh, I will happily share that with us all as well. So um, kick back, grab your uh, Christmas cocoa, uh, and um, hopefully your um. You're keen to uh, to hear some uh, some Christmas tales, but before we do that, there is just some quick housekeeping from our president and CEO. Or is it? Are you are you still CEO, Dave? I wonder. Definitely president. So let's flick through. Let's have a quick look. Here we go. Do, do, do. And just something uh, quickly to share. We at the Jezomon Dark Myth Company, LLC, want to thank each and every person that took the time to listen to an episode from the Jezo Modcast Network or submit their pitch to the Open Contract Challenge. Uh, anybody who read a story produced by Dark Myth Publications or purchased anything from MythMart, we just sincerely and deeply want to say thank you. From our family to yours, we wish you all the merriest of Christmases and the brightest of New Year's. Thank you one and all. It's This wouldn't be a thing. The, the whole uh, Jezo the whole Jezo Mon Dark Myth company wouldn't be a thing if we didn't have the writers, we didn't have the readers, we didn't have the artists, we didn't have the listeners, 
so um, yeah me personally I want to say thank you as well uh, but of course the the company wants wants to wish uh, one and all a, a very happy very Merry Christmas uh, and hopefully we can all come back 2024 and do it all again and now kick back relax as we cast our minds back to magazine edition 91 of December 2020 and what an interesting uh, cover it is um, I love we've got the um, the creature is it a, a mole or a little girl popping up from a hole in the ground with the um, with the rain the beautiful umbrella and it looks like it's a watercolor as well so very very cleverly done and then as we go in I want to share with you my Drabble and Flash piece my first Christmas piece that I sent to um, to the World of Myth magazine this one's called The Toy Store Santa Dave began his Christmas Day shift at Toys For You, expecting to see no one all day. It was a shock then to discover Mac, the store Santa, sitting still on his throne. Go home, Mac, Dave yelled as he passed by, fairly certain he heard a grunt in reply. By the next day, Mac had started smelling. The kids didn't care though. They loved the fact Santa was there for them to thank. It mattered little that he seemed so sleepy. A hug followed. Thanks, Santa. As Mac's lifeless eyes snapped open, one stiff finger began to twitch. Santa was hungry. So, <laughs> that dark, dark story sort of came from an idea um, that I had from uh, from another site looking at the joy of Christmas and looking at flipping that to explore whether there's any possibility of in involving horror or, or terror in uh, in the silly season um, I had the idea of a um, an old man dressed as Santa, the the usual store store Santa, uh, and heart attack or some some other sort of sudden cause of death, and nobody notices the fact that he's still there. He's been there over the the closure time. Um, even the security guard that sort of wanders through. Uh, just to keep an eye on things while the, the store is closed. Um, even he doesn't twig to the fact that something's wrong. He's like, ah, oh, just go home, Mac. Just what, whatever you've done, just go sleep it off. Um, and then the... The joy of young 
innocence coming back to the store for Boxing Day sales or um, expecting to see the, uh, the Christmas displays all packed away and there's a San- there's Santa still sitting there um, almost like he's, he's this year he's done his, his dash, he's raced around the world he's given them the best presents that they, that they could ever have asked for uh, and now for once they've got this opportunity to uh, to whisper in Santa's ear that thank you thank you very much for uh, for giving us that gift and it's through that that transference or that um, the the power behind that childhood innocence that resurrects or, or brings back that uh, that lifeless Santa, that uh, that poor guy who's uh, who's sacrificed for for his love for the the job that he does or the role that he plays within the community, and for um, that that miracle to occur, but then for the reader to discover, and I hope you've discovered the um, the the fact that what seems at first miraculous is in that actual fact horrific so yeah hope hopefully that uh that sort of came through um interesting way to 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 start christmas but i have to uh have to admit to you um not a lot of the christmas stories that uh that i sent through to the world of myth uh, have been happy ones uh, and this year's uh, Christmas story for uh, for 2023 once the magazine is uh, is released is created and uh, and becomes live um, you will probably find that uh, that that's not a uh, a happy happy story either now let's jump 12 months then uh, and let's have a bit of a delve into magazine number 103 uh, and what an incredible cover this one has this one is the Krampus cover um, and you cannot deny the fact that this horrific image on the cover of uh, December 2021 is um, the um, the evil version of Santa? How many teeth does one monster need, really? All right, I'm bravely clicking on the cover. So here we go. So we've got in horror what the sack is really for. Hey you. Now let's try that again. <clears throat> what the sack is really for by Timothy Law. 
Hey, you, slurs the little man beside me. It looks as though he's been here a while. There are a few empty shot glasses lined up in front of him, and the bottle of cheapish grog he has a strong grip on looks to be half full. I'm fairly certain it is the only thing he has a strong grip on. Giving him a more scrutinising examination, I notice his beard that flows from his face to his knees looks like it is made from cotton balls. His ears look odd too, almost like he's covered the tops with something skin-covered. Normally people would use this tape. This tape. Normally people would use this technique to add points, but this guy seems to be covering his points up. Hey, you one of those journos? You look like a journo. He slurs. He slurs accusingly. Everything about him looks young. Everything but his eyes. Those eyes look ancient, bloodshot, but believable. They are the kind of eyes that make you think he's seen a thing or two. If it were not for the eyes, I'd have no trouble ignoring this little guy. Instead, I consider giving him a moment of my time. Yeah, I'm a journo. I admit, reluctantly. To be honest. I've only ever written for a dirty rag nobody's ever heard of, and even less people have read. Shut up and listen, then. I've got a hell of a story for you, growls the little man. He swivels in his seat so he can face me front on. Down goes another shot before he lowers his voice. Shouldn't be telling you this. Trade secrets and all. He begins, eyes wide. Somewhat afraid. Go on, I urge. I've been here before with other informants. The name's Tom, he states, pausing dramatically. I, 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 I work for the jolly fat man. The little man continues. I raise my eyebrows, like I don't believe him. Tom, Tom, twinkle toes. Head electronics department at the North Pole. My eyebrows remain raised. You need proof? Tom asks, frowning. I can tell he was hoping his name and role would convince me into believing him, but I'm unsure whether I should laugh or just walk away. Before my very eyes, Tom's hands blur. In two seconds, he shows me a brand new TV remote. With the press of a button, Tom causes the channel on the screen in the pub to change. Sport becomes a weather. And those few drinkers watching kick up a fuss. Tom's remote changes the channel back and the sudden ruckus dies down. Proof enough? Where did you get that? I ask. A journalist has to know. Made it, didn't I? Slurs Tom. You want me to make you another one? I wonder if this little man is a street magician. Slide a hand and all that. I'd be even more of a laughing stock than I already am if I wrote about meeting a Christmas elf and it turned out to be nothing but a hoax. I weigh up where my career currently is and wonder just how much worse it could possibly get. Not much, I guess, 
I look around the bar I'm sitting in and realize that I've actually already hit rock bottom. Hey mister, you need another remote, growls a little man, his attitude grabbing my focus again. Nah, nah, that's fine, I say. Let's pretend for now that I do believe you. Tom ponders for a moment, and I can tell he's going through that same line of thinking that I've just considered. Tom's face changes, and I can see in those ancient eyes that he has come to the same conclusion as me. He also thinks he's got nothing to lose. And to look at him, I'd say he was probably right. The sack. We all know it gets filled with toys, Tom says. He has slowed down his speaking. I am unsure if that last shot has finally kicked in, or if he's just making sure that I can keep up with his story. Yeah, Christmas Eve, around the world in one night. I state, to show I'm following. Right, Tom agrees, before he pours and swigs another shot. I consider catching the barman's eye, but I don't want Tom to think I'm not listening. His old eyes twitch as he continues. What you need to know is what happens when the sack is empty. You've dragged me down here to tell me a story about an empty sack, I ask. I'm sorry, but you've lost me there. Tom seems to think he's told the whole story. Then a light of realisation dawns in his eyes. Kids. Bad kids, Tom mutters. Yeah, you're referring to the ones who are supposed to get cold because of their terrible behaviour. Because of their terrible behaviour. But they never do. I reply. What about them? They don't get cold, squeals, t- squeals Tom. They get kidnapped. What do you mean, Tom? I cry in disbelief. Are you trying to tell me that Santa grabs kids in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve? Shh, shh, not so loud. Tom squeals again. I swear it's true. Santa swipes the bad kids during the night. And he turns them into elves. If I hadn't seen Tom build that remote, I would not have believed a word of such a far-fetched story. But the little man seems genuine. I whip out my pad and start writing. This promises to be the scoop of a lifetime. It sounds as though everyone's favourite giver may just have a dark side. A very dark side indeed. With razor sharp claws, Tom's told me that Santa pokes the kids on his naughty list awake and herds them into his ever-expanding sack. The little elf swears he's seen the toys go in and the kids come out, sometimes a dozen kids in one night. What happens when a kid is missing Christmas morning? Tom could not say, and I believe him when he swears he doesn't know. I come to you, editor, with some hope that you are willing to print this story and risk your reputation as I risk mine. This darkness must be revealed, if only to save a handful of those kids Santa has his eye on. They might have a chance to learn to better behave. 
So this is a, another dark one. Um, and looking back over it uh, and rereading it, um, it's interesting to me to, to sort of think, to sort of consider as an elf, wouldn't Tom have possibly been a child in the past? So maybe he would have some idea of um, what what Santa does, the, the whole concept of he's witnessed the toys go in and the kids come out, but possibly he himself may have been one of those kids. But then to describe how young he looks as an elf, but how old you can see he is in his eyes, in the in the experience that's that's reflected in those orbs. I guess maybe that's something that's easily forgotten, or maybe something that's uh, that's drummed out of the elves over the years. Um, yeah, and I guess also for for myself thinking further back then. Uh, if this is something that uh, that Santa does, because I mean you you don't ever hear about bad kids getting coal. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting for me to think. What was the first time that Santa thought, "Hey, here's an idea. I can do this, and I can make this work, and this this would benefit me." in uh in some way as well yeah it's um i thought it was uh was an interesting story uh something that uh that's based on a, another prompt um that i'm very very pleased was able to uh to find its home in um the world of myth magazine now just going back I don't think that I've got any more in that one so let's jump all the way to last year December with issue number 114 and I love this uh, the cover on this one it's um, the two Eskimos which look like they're not wearing much at all uh, which seems a bit strange for, uh, for such a chilly landscape but um, they've gone fishing uh, and they've managed to snag themselves a very very angry looking polar bear so, uh, yes, this one, when I, I saw this cover come out, this one made me, uh, me grin and giggle. Um, and I love the, um, the footprints, the, the boot prints from the, um, the, the fisherman. Uh, yeah, very, very cool. Clicking on the cover now. And delving in. So 
we have ah the best Christmas present is uh, a drabble and flash that I sent through so let's have a quick look oh yes this one this this one here is another dark one ah I'm, I'm getting a name for myself I think um, I one year I might have to write something Christmassy and happy uh, just to throw you all off the scent so we'll see let's uh, let's get into it this one here is called the best Christmas present I smile and I say what it is that they all hope I will say Merry Christmas and thank you so much for coming to see me it was very kind of you to make the time. There is nothing merry about this place, though. The food is mush. The company all moan and mumble. And these whitewashed walls are just so plain and boring. Even with the rubber decorations adorning the walls, they want nothing displayed that will excite the residents, excite people just like me. I continue to smile as I feel my parents embrace me. Deep down though, smiling is the last thing that I wish to be doing. At least this day, this special day, they have let me out of the jacket that they make me wear. At least today, I have escaped the cage. Free am I from my cell. We brought you a gift says parent one I wish for a knife a screwdriver even one of those kitchen skewers but I know I'll be disappointed I'm not allowed to have anything sharp both parent one and parent two knows this it is a lesson I taught them and taught them well we heard you like to write I feel a small notebook being placed in my hands. Useless. Unless I try valiantly to achieve death by a thousand paper cuts. But then, just as suddenly as I feel disappointment and despair, I discover another part to the giving of the gifts. Two pencils. The leads are sharp. I wonder how deeply I can shove them into my parents' ears before any of the sleepy guards realise what it is that I have done. I open my arms wide enough so that I can embrace both mum and dad together. Merry Christmas, I say, as I hold the pencils gripped tightly, one in each hand. So, uh, another dark one. Um... What, what is it about Christmas time and the supposed time of joy that just makes me think twisted tales, sinister thoughts? Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've had a wonderful upbringing, a loving family. Uh, I have a beautiful family of my own, uh, terrific friends. Um, that we uh, we catch up with, uh, try and catch up with every year. 
um, maybe it's the the writer in me able to step away and able to create these scenarios that uh, I mean I've never been to a asylum uh, especially not during Christmas time um, and I I certainly never had the opportunity to uh, to sit down and, and chat with residents or observe patients or uh, speak with people that uh, that work in such establishments uh, all, all I can base my ideas on I guess is uh, is Hollywood or uh, or other writers ideas that um, like uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest for example um, that uh, amazing book wonderful film that's one one example um, different uh, different television shows I suppose uh, different um, yeah different different stories uh, horror stories terror stories crime stories um, I've sort of expanded my reading from my um, my childhood days my my teenage years where a lot of what I was reading was uh, was fantasy um, peppered with uh, a little bit of science fiction um, I've uh, I've obviously branched out with um, the different types of stories that uh, that I found I've been able to to write submit and publish um, over the years and um, yeah so this is just a uh, another example and I reckon I've got another one in magazine edition 114 here we go so that's fantasy that's fantasy aha here we go This one here is called The One Who Knows. And, uh, and this one again is, um, is not a happy story. But happy Christmas to you all anyway. To, uh, to all the wonderful listeners. We, uh, we are incredibly grateful for you. But yes, The One Who Knows. I see you there. On the other side of the glass. And my heart surges. You are a fresh face. Someone new. I take a deep breath and smile. My face is full of hope. But I am slightly sceptical. Have you come to laugh like the others? I guess there is truly only one sure way to find out. I will not bother telling you my name, I say. And you nod. We both know who I am. Though some days... It is only through hearing someone else shout it. As my meals are delivered, should they choose to call me something else often enough, I swear I don't know if I just believe them. Nor will I ask you why you are here, I add. Nor will I ask you why you are here. If you are here to listen and believe, then that is all well and good. If you are a copycat, image of the others that came before 
Well, I will find your name out from the voices and add you to the list. Those who feature in my prayers each night, offered up to whatever gods are listening, that you all die in your sleep and spend eternity in anguish. I quite like that word, anguish. Gives me a warm and fuzzy feeling deep inside. You are here, I hope, to listen, to learn, and most importantly, to believe. Yes, you say. I look into your eyes and for now I can see sincerity. I am the one who has seen and remembers, I say. You begin to scribble down notes upon your tiny pad. Underline that last word, I stress. It's important. I wait and I watch. Three lines are scratched under that word, remembers. And I consider whether that is sufficient emphasis. Obviously, I am pondering and considering. For far too long, lost in my own memories, you tap on the glass. The young are so impatient. I cough. <coughs> Apologise. And then promise to begin my tale. You smile, nod. And then I see you make yourself as comfortable as you can upon the cement bench they provide for visitors. You must understand that this happened many decades ago, to me anyway. But it is happening each and every year, and has happened for only the gods know how long, I blurt out. Without looking up, you scribble each and every word I say. Maybe you are here to listen. I have been burned by journalists before. I'm cautious, but your presence makes my confidence grow. You think that the man who delivers the gifts in the night is human. I then say, he is not what you think. Perhaps not even a he. Certainly not a man. I wait to see how you respond to this, but you don't. You don't look up surprised. You don't give me a questionable glance. Nor do you laugh or smirk or get up angrily. You just sit there with your head bowed, listening, scribbling. In my mind, I am hopeful that you are learning. The beard, the hat, the suit, gloves, boots, belt, laugh. That is all nothing but a disguise. Still you choose not to look up. I watch your pen travel across the page. My words, my knowledge, it is finally being captured. Even the reindeer are not what you think they are, I say. What? You ask, and finally I see your eyes again. They're not reindeer? No, I say. The reindeer are not reindeer. Then what are they? You ask. It surprises me to discover no sarcasm in your tone. No blatant distrust. You seem genuinely eager to know what I know. Children, I say. I should know. I was one of them. You were a reindeer, you ask, 
but then you realise your blunder. Sorry. I mean, you were one of the children that pulled the sleigh? Yes, I say. I was Donna, the Christmas of 73. Or perhaps 74. Your pen writes down both dates with a question mark after each set of four numbers. I was quite naughty both years, so it must have been the later date when Santa kidnapped me, I consider. Then I nod, emphasising that this must be right. Were you good after that then? You ask. A stupid question. But you would only understand how stupid if you had suffered the same fate as I have. Of course. I answer. I would have far preferred to see coal in my stocking, but some lessons just have to be learnt the hard way. So the reindeer are children. Why are they depicted as reindeer in the stories and songs then, you ask? I notice that the pen has stopped scribbling. Santa lives in the realm of the fairies, a magical place where true elves live, and magic is frighteningly real, I explain. When Santa visits the real world, he uses the magic he has gathered from his home and uses it to transform himself, the sleigh, the children, all of it, gets a lick of sparkle to make things more palatable for the likes of us. You nod. Like everything I'm saying actually makes sense. Then you, then your head bows again and that pen continues its journey. I patiently wait for you to catch up. I repeat some of the things I've said so that you don't miss any of the important details. In my mind, I see the bland, stark, freezing landscape of the North Pole, and then the place where we step between worlds and suddenly we become children again. Santa's homeland is a swamp, warm, steamy, full of life. I tell you that. Describe the sounds and scents, the busy biome, a place when Mother Nature truly rules. I pause and look at you writing and I wonder if you are spying for them for all that I have suffered that one Christmas and for all those who suffered the same fate before now and onwards into the future. I dare not give away all of Santa's secrets. No. To reveal the way to such a place would be the ultimate betrayal. I'm bad, or at least I was bad once. I promised that I would never, ever be that bad though. I slow my speaking down so I can watch what it is that I am telling you. You notice. I can see from the way you look up and cock your head. You are curious. You have heard the change. I'm grateful that you do not question it. Your pen slows. Now you can keep up. You have yet to ask the ultimate question, I say. I was hoping that you would just tell me, is your cheeky reply. No, I will not tell you if you do not ask, I say. Then I wait, but not for long. I know that you will ask me soon. So... If Santa isn't the jolly fat man, then what is he? You've said it again, I murmur. You have called Santa he. Force of habit, you admit. 
I give a nod. A sign of mutual understanding. I still do it too. Even after all I know, all I have seen and all I have done, it is still difficult to break out of habits, to tell the truth and make it stick. I have a picture I have drawn, a sketch, something I did in craft a few years ago, I say. I stuffed it somewhere they don't dare look and then hid it in a special place I have in my cell. May I see it? You ask? Of course, I say. The cameras are watching and I know after today I will never see my picture again. You seem to believe though, so I am willing to risk giving you a glance. You must remember, I say, as I stand and begin to rummage through you must remember, I say, as I stand and begin to rummage around in my jumpsuit. They took my pencils and pens away after they caught me drawing the picture of the children transforming. You nod and patiently wait. They don't know about this picture, do they? You say, to which I give a sheepish grin. I pull forth the tiny scribble, part black and white, part colour. I slam it hard against the glass and then I realise that it is upside down. You take a picture with your phone. I tell you it is wrong. I can turn it around, but you wave your hands at me dismissively. Don't worry, you say. I've emailed it to myself. I'll fix it when I get back to work. I'm satisfied with this. I tear the picture up and swallow the evidence. There is no water. My mouth is dry. But somehow I manage to get the pieces down my throat and into my stomach where the acid can destroy what is there. Some days I wish that I had acid in my mind. Having this knowledge is such a burden. Having this knowledge and not being believed is the true burden, if I'm honest. I suggest this to you. And you laugh. I've seen things too, you tell me. I know exactly what you mean. I spend what feels like a moment contemplating your comment, wondering exactly who you are and where it is you have been. For the first time since meeting you, I am genuinely afraid. Have I said too much to the wrong person? There is a lot to digest. Acid would be handy right now. Something that could take me away and forget. There is nothing like that here. At least nothing like that which has been prescribed for me. I look at you. Really look at you. You seem harmless. Regardless of what you just said. You tap on the glass again this time getting up from the concrete bench. I notice a tattoo on your neck, and there is a moment where I think I've seen that same snowflake design before. It cannot be true, though, so I dismiss the possibility. Is it a mask, you ask, trying to get me talking again? I'm more than happy to oblige. What, the hat and the beard, I clarify? Yeah, that and the rest of the face, you say. The rose-red cheeks, the button nose, even the ears, which he supposedly uses to know if you are awake, I say with a smile. All fake. All part of the costume. All made out of latex, mostly. All made in the greatest toy factory that ever existed, you murmur. Your head is down again, and you begin to write with renewed vigour. Now you're writing independently. I can see that I have planted the seed and that you are nurturing the story and letting it grow. You seem like a great writer, very passionate, 
quite talented. It needs someone with a great imagination to be able to tell this story. It is going to take a very brave fool to reveal this to the world. This is the story of Santa, and whether you believe or not, the Santa everyone has heard of is going to be revealed as a fraud. You seem like the perfect person, a touch mad, a little angry. You are listening, and then I see that you are remembering too. I pluck up the courage and finally decide to ask. You were there too, weren't you? You do not look up, but your pen stops moving. I know that you have heard me. It is not by accident that you have come to speak with me today, I suggest. 90% certain that there is more to you than just journalism. Yes, you murmur. Sorry, I say, one eye... Uh, sorry, I say, one eyebrow arch. I didn't quite catch that. I stretch forward as far as the restraints allow me to go. I want to be close to the glass, in case you whisper again. I need not have bothered, though. When you speak next, your voice comes strong and loudly. Yes. I smile and let out a sigh of relief. It is no coincidence, you admit. When I heard you were here because of Santa, I knew that this was an utter injustice. And what will we do next, then? I ask. What will we do next? You question, surprised. We will do nothing. We do nothing, I cry. It takes all of my strength not to shout and bring the guards. You sit tight. Leave the rest to me and a few of the others, you say. Don't you dare forget me, I warn. Or what are you going to do, you say. Stuck in here, there are not a lot of options for you. Agreed. I sigh. You're right. Your sneer morphs into a look of sympathy, and I wonder what I hate more. I promise I will tell your story to those I know who will believe me, you then say. For some strange reason, I actually think you are telling the truth. Thank you, I murmur. Thank you for listening and for believing me. Very few people do. Thank you for reminding me of what I know, or at least once knew, you say, as you tap the glass one more time. Be patient. You'll get the gift you deserve. I think about what gift I would truly desire. Beyond revenge, beyond freedom, even beyond a family to spend Christmas with, what I truly long for is the ability to forget. I wonder if that is the gift you are promising. I am at least 90% sure that it is not. As you get up from the cement bench and turn away from the glass and me, I call out the same words that I said before. Don't you dare forget me. This time it is a plea, not a threat. Those that know, know, you say, as if I am supposed to understand what that means. I watch you disappear down the corridor, growing smaller and smaller until you are a speck and then nothing more than a memory. I wish you a Merry Christmas, I call. I just can't help it. The words sound wrong, rolling off my tongue, but seem so appropriate for the moment. The last thing I hear is your laugh. It is a humorless thing of pure sarcasm.
it makes me shiver. Ho, ho, ho. Just like a slow clap. And it is then that I realize I'm never getting out. So again, another dark one. I don't know where they come from, but they just seem to uh, to just pop into my head. And um, if you're if you're brave enough, um, please go back to edition number one hundred and fourteen of the World of Myth magazine uh, and check out the gallery because um, Steph was wonderful enough to uh, to include my artwork that goes along with that story uh, in there as well and I just wanted to end this session on a happier note um, because Christmas is supposed to be a, a happier time and I just wanted to share my beautiful niece's Christmas poem called My Christmas Poem by Tilly Crook and this was another one uh, that is in episode uh, edition number 114 of the magazine in the uh, creative youth poetry section. Here we go. Dear Winter, I bless you with a kinder. Decorating the Christmas tree, presents. I hope I get three. An elf appears, and then it disappears. I wonder where it went. Maybe in the vent. Christmas food, hoping it's not poo. Can't wait to eat, or maybe greet. Take it easy, Mum says, apparently. It's singing time, can't wait to shine. La 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 la. So says the singing car. Present time, I wonder if the card has a sign. Now it is time to go home, so I moan. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope your day is full of fun. So Merry Christmas to one and all from uh, Miss Tilly, from myself, uh, and from everybody from the um, the Jazo Mon podcast family, and also from Dark Myth Publications. Happy New Year, and uh, hopefully... Um, we will see many, many, many jam-packed magazines, uh, poetry, artwork, stories galore through uh, 2024 20, and beyond. Ciao for now.